0: Hi friends, I'm Molly, and I am here today with Dr. Lori and our teammate Allie recording a 10-session podcast that will focus on the biblical recovery from substance abuse and addiction. So each session will focus on the CPR of recovery principles along with biblically-based steps to walk into identity and freedom. So these steps have been influenced by the 12-step program of AA and take us deeper into the biblical foundation of recovery. So, Dr. Lori,
1: before we get started with all this fun stuff, can you remind us what CPR is? Molly Buck, this is going to be incredible. And this is like a dream for people to be set free from substance abuse. And as we've talked about, everything, even substance abuse, can go back to the CPR process. And so you're asking me, What? What is the CPR process? Well, let me tell you. C is connection. We have to connect with God. We have to connect with ourselves and we have to connect with others. And as we're connected, then if we understand the psychoeducation about what's happening in our brain with substance abuse and with addiction, then it will change everything. We actually may realize that, well, of course, that's what I'm doing. And of course, that's how my brain is responding. And now I need to do the hard work to literally change my brain because Molly Buck, if you change your brain then you change your life. That's exactly right. <laughs> and then after we have the connection and the psychoeducation with the amygdala and what you would refer to as the alma longa ding dong and whoop whoop. our reticular activating system and our brain in general, then we know that we're gonna have to suck it up buttercup because it's gonna take routine. It's gonna take a lot of hard work, day after day and week after week and month after month and year after year, because we are not broken, we need discipled. And this isn't when we get to a certain place, it's that I'm going to do the hard work every day. And I'm going to enjoy the journey and not just look for the destination. And so that's Mm -hmm. a routine part of it.
0: Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you. So you guys, the title of today's message is here I am. Now what? So Allie, can you tell us a little bit deeper into what this title means and what it is and just give us the give us the lowdown
2: on Here I Am Now What? Yeah, so Here I Am is just coming to terms and acknowledging and admitting that you are totally powerless that everything around you is chaos and that this stuff has you beat. Yeah. Like you're just done and there's there's nowhere to go except to thrive in the chaos and you come to this place where you just know like i can't i can't do this anymore yeah you know
0: yeah that place of just like desperation
2: <laughs> yeah well that's exactly what it is it's it is it is just a place of desperation but that's a really really sweet place to be because you have that in you where you have to admit yeah Like, something's got to give. Here I am. Everything around me is a mess. Likely I've lost everything in my life that matters. Yeah. And all that I've got is emptiness and probably an empty sack or an empty bottle to go with it. Right. I'm used up and beat up by this lifestyle. And something's got to change. So have you experienced this before? Or can you just share a little bit? Yes. Yes. Um, actually that, that very specific last part that I said, something's got to change. Um, that realization of if something doesn't change, I'm going to kill myself because that's where at one time I was, I was so deep in darkness into, man, I was just miserable and I was desperate. And, uh, at the time of that I was just really heavy into alcoholism and um I was at a place where every shot that I took I wanted I wanted it to be my last like I did yeah. not want to wake up I was super I was just sick all the time nobody wanted to be around me it was an awful place and I came to terms with something has to change and and in that moment in that day I didn't know necessarily that what had to change was that I needed to never use drugs or alcohol again. Right. In that moment, I didn't know what I needed was Jesus. Like, I didn't, I I would have argued with somebody and been really angry probably if they had approached me like that in the beginning. But I knew I was just at that, at the at the end of myself. Like, that's what this is. You're just coming to the end of yourself and you recognize that.
0: Yeah. It's like, I feel like it's like whenever you finally just kind of wake up, it's the wake up call and you look around you and you're like, what do I have? What do I have? Like, what are my relationships like? Where is this leading me? How do I feel on the inside? And it's like, man, this sucks. Like, is this, is this really my life now? Like, I'm in, I'm just going to be a person who struggles with addiction and substance abuse forever. That this is just, this is who I am. And then we wear that as our identity or as who we're called to be and that's just that's just not true but the mm-hmm. first step right is here i am and even just being able to open our eyes or have our eyes open to what's happening around us and to take a good hard look and what's happening inside of us right yep man okay so dr Lori, can you give us the cpr of here i am now what when you've gotten to that point where you're looking around and seeing that maybe this isn't the way to live. Or maybe there's something
1: more than addiction. Maybe there's something more than substance abuse. Like, what's the CPR of that? Well, I think it, we're going to start with connection. So just imagine, Ali and Molly, if all of our listeners wanted to come and actually watch us record a podcast. And so if they would call in and they would say, Lori, I want to come. It, can you give me directions to where you are? What's the first thing that I'm going to ask them? And I'm going to ask them, so where are you? And huh. so I think it's going to be really important in this process, the hardest person that you're ever going to have to lead is yourself. And the question has to start with, where are you? You have to take a really good hard look in a connection with yourself about where you are, because you're going to eventually then going to have to with reality, connect with God and then connect with others. And the psychoeducation of that is, is if I'm in denial or if I'm not really being real. And I know in my heart of hearts, deep down inside that something's wrong. And if I portray to everybody else who in all reality actually knows that something is wrong as well. If I say, well, I'm, I'm fine, or I've got this, or this isn't having that big of an impact as, as you all are, are making it out to be. But deep down inside, I know that it is, that's actually called cognitive dissonance. And it, it literally produces brain damage when I say one thing, but then know something else. And so the psychoeducation of that is that we really have to get real. You can't fix something if we're not going to address it as being broken. I think about somebody who would go to, to the doctor and they're covered in hives and the doctor said well what's that all over your body and they say nothing and or do those itch no and is is that new or is that always been oh it's always been there And, and so we have to get real. So the brain, it's, it's interesting if we'll just admit it, that's, that's 50% of the battle is then knowing what's happening as I'm connected and real with myself, knowing that I'm literally causing this thing inside of me that's called cognitive dissonance. It's literally brain damage when I know deep inside it's one thing, but then I'm professing that it's another. And then after I get real with myself and actually actually, after then I line up with what's happening on the internal and the external, then I can start to connect with God and with others to start to modify my routine and get to where I need to get. Yeah, that's beautiful. That, would, that was
0: good. That was really good. Okay, I'll say that was really good. Thank you. So Ali, as someone who as someone who has walked out these very steps, right? Can you go ahead and just hit us with some teaching? Like, what's the, what's the practical application of walking this stuff out?
2: Yeah. So I want to start with the biblical foundation of that, because if we don't have the foundation, then we're not going to be able to move forward until we have that. And so coming to terms with the fact that I am literally enslaved to this stuff, like yeah. it, again, it's got me be whatever the... Whatever the substance says is what I'm going to go do. It's what I'm going to seek. It's, it's my all in all. And so coming to terms with the fact that like I am enslaved to this and, and I'm going to use the word like that is it's sin. And, and the definition of sin is missing the mark or a trespass. Ultimately, sin is loving anything more than God. It is thinking, speaking, or acting in ways that are against God's will for us. It is separation and estrangement for God. Mm, That's good. We were not made to be addicts. We were not made to be enslaved to substance abuse. We were made to be in fellowship with God. Yeah. But if, like Lori said, if we're lying, if we're lying to ourselves, if we're just going to continue being like that hamster on the wheel that has no destination, that's just going to like insanely just keep going and going without realizing or accepting the opportunity to just get off the wheel, mm-hmm. then it's, it's all for nothing. And so the, that the practical application is just that it is honesty and humility and, and willingness. Like here I am, like I am straight up being honest with myself. You, you're done. And I can't continue to do this. Like I don't, I obviously don't have the power over this. Everything around me is unmanageable. I'm not able to function. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to be around me. Yeah. All the stuff, right? And so coming to terms with reality, that would be it, like, just recognizing and admitting I'm powerless and everything is unmanageable and I need help. Yeah.
0: And that can be super hard. Yeah. Like, but it's so worth it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're sitting here today, you'd say that it's so worth it to get grounded and to get that Get that kind of reality check and get that kind of internal check of where am I really? Am I really going anywhere? And like, so listeners, I would just take this as an opportunity to just ask yourselves, where are you going? And do you feel like that hamster that's just stuck on the wheel and you don't really have a destination and you're just running and running and running and hoping and wanting something different, but there's no real... There's no real goal or ending or, you know, light on the other side, if you will. And so, what does it take? What does it take to
2: get off that wheel? Someone to say that there is hope. Mm-hmm. Like there's this word that is sometimes hard to accept, but the the definition of it is beautiful, and that is repent. And what that means is literally to change one's mind yeah. for better. And so. Like the hope is you can exit the highway. Like you can take the exit and you can turn around. And there are people out there, there is a loving God out there who wants to help you do that. Um, but I would say having just the truth that there is hope. Yeah. It's not hopeless. I remember, I remember a time in my
0: life when I really took on the identity of that party drug substance abuse lifestyle. And I think the time that I really came to the end of the end of me, or if I can, if I could pinpoint a moment where I was like, this hamster wheel is going nowhere. And why am I exhausted going nowhere? And it was like, you know, kind of was smoking a cigarette outside of my parents' backyard. And I, I mean, I didn't believe in God at the time, just self-proclaimed atheist. But what I knew that I knew was that this cycle or the hamster wheel that I was on was getting me nowhere, or it was getting me into depression or anxiety or where all of my finances going. It was getting me into broken relationships. It was getting me in. I mean, it was leading me to death, Mm -hmm. right? Dr. Laura, your favorite thing to say is the consequences of sin is Death." death. And that's where I was going. And it took kind of like this pinpoint moment of, wow, if I have to live like this forever, if this is where this cycle's getting me, I don't want it.
2: Mm.
0: And I don't want it to the point of that I'll kill myself in a year, God, if you aren't real. So I prayed and I just said, I just said, God, if you're real, I will say yes to you for one year. For one year, I will say yes to anything that I believe is an invitation from you. And it was in that moment that it was like, okay, like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to break this cycle yet. I don't know what's going to stop the hamster wheel. I don't know how I'm going to get off. And I guess I don't need to know all of those answers. I mean, looking back, I mean, I didn't need to know. I just needed to know that I couldn't do this anymore and that I was ready to be done. And when you're ready to be done and you're ready to do whatever the invitation is in front of you to break the cycle of death and addiction and substance abuse, like you'll do it. And so listeners, I feel like this is a real invitation right now to say, can you just ask, can you just ask God, are you real? And will you invite me into things for a year or for however long? And then will you just say yes to him, whatever it looks like, even if you don't have all the answers, because spoiler alert, you're not gonna. Mm -hmm but he's so faithful. And he's going to show up and he'll walk you out if you'll just say yes. And that's what happened to me. I mean, I, I mean, I just kept saying yes. And we're here almost four years later, still saying yes. So he showed up. So Dr. Lori, can you uh, tell us a little bit more
1: about the routine of that walkout of that surrender process? So I think with the routine and we use the car analogy, if you're somewhere and you want to come to see us and we need to know where you are so that we can give you directions, but think about it if it's night and at nighttime, if you're driving, then your headlights will show you just what you need to stay safe in the, in the immediate time that you're in. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to worry about then a mile what's coming up around a corner your headlights will display what you need at that particular time. The light will illuminate what you need to know in your path. And so I think with the routine, again, Like what Molly talked about is that she knew that what she was doing wasn't working for her and she was going to say yes to anything that looked like something different than that routine and that pattern that she was in in the past. And that she would then just trust with the spoiler alert that you're not going to know it all initially, but then just being really real in the moment with the reality of here I am and this isn't working and this is awful and I need to surrender and I need to connect with the Godhead and let Him illuminate what's in front of me in the present, so that I can stay safe. And I think that's enough, really, at that point in and at this point in our routine. And if I think about, we're either going to be connected as we connect with ourselves, and as we're really, really real, the next step is going to be to connect with the Godhead in the connection, and actually should be really one and the same. Or the first step and the opposite of connecting with God and following Him is evil. And the definition of evil is that I won't be real with myself. I won't take responsibility for the consequences of my action. I won't think about what it's like and I overstep others and I'll do whatever it takes to keep that addiction fueled in my life at the cost of then connections with family or kids or jobs or Or function in living. And so right now at this point, it's a beautiful process to just as Allie so beautifully talked about that there is hope may the God of hope, fill us with joy and peace as we just acknowledge where we're at right now, and trust in him that he will illuminate what needs to be illuminated as I in my routine turn away from the things that led me to this point and then learn as as things are illuminated to incorporate new people and new things into my routine. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um, when Molly, when you were speaking,
2: I did keep thinking about the willingness, right? So that willingness, not only did you recognize your condition, but you were willing to change and do anything about it. And there is tremendous hope in that. And I think about how Lori before I said, you know, if you want to know where you'll be in six months, um, let's see what you're doing right now. So yeah. like one choice, one, one step at a time, like just one step. And I, I think about when it comes to this particular step, I think about like walking around holding my breath all the time, like just so, just so tense and trying to hold on to everything. And, and when you finally just get there, it's like, you can just exhale. Like everything is just Okay, here we are. And it's going to be okay. Like just knowing it's going to be okay. And there is this long intentional process that's going to come, but you're here, like you're here today. And that, man, that's life. That is life. And it is the beginning of a lifelong process.
0: I would say that the first step is probably the hardest. Mm. I mean, that's the real, that's the moment, right? The first step of just saying, uh, I'm going to abandon all the things that I think that I know. And I'm just going to say, yes, here I am. I have a problem. And then God is the one who gets to answers are now what?
2: Like, it's terrifying. That first step is terrifying because you do just that. You realize that, like, once I take this step, things have to change. Yeah. There's no going back. Everything I've been doing for so long, I'm choosing something different. And all of that and the insanity and the destruction that it brings is comfortable. Like it's comfortable. It's what, you know, it's right. what you've been doing for all this time. Like you're, and Lori probably has some great brain talk for that, but it's like, you've been living there. You know how to function in function quote right. unquote in that, you know how to live that life. When you admit that it's not working anymore, you're coming to terms with like, I'm going to have to do something else. And I, I I know that was scary for me. But again, that willingness, like that sprung hope. And
0: Jesus honors that. I mean, he he's he does it. He meets us and then he does it. It's really, I mean, it's a beautiful surrender. It's mm. just a beautiful surrender. Amen. So Allie, can you go ahead and just expand on more of this?
2: Yes, I'd like to go back to the Just understanding kind of how we got here in, in, again, the biblical foundation of that. So I talked about realizing that you're enslaved to that word sin. Mm -hmm. Where did that start? Well, that started with man's choice, like at the very fall. And so I just want to read two scriptures out of Romans. Um, Romans 5.12 says that, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, And so, death spread to all men because all sinned, right? So, then we go over to the addiction side of that, really, and, and the choices that we're making, and we can look at um, Romans 6, 16 says, "...do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness." And again, it's one choice, one choice to obey God or one choice to obey my flesh that is obviously leading me to death and to nowhere. Um, So there there are three like breakdowns of step one, and and that is the honesty with myself and others about my condition. And so Romans 7, 15 through 19 uh, says, "'For I do not understand my own actions.'" I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. Now, So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry that out. For I do not do the good that I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing." And that takes us back to that just that cycle, that cycle of I'm powerless, everything is unmanageable, everything is chaotic, and I can't stop doing this stuff. It's, it's got me beat, and it's because we are just that—we are sold to this, to this condition of of sin and the fallen nature of man. And the the second part would be humility, and I think this is so important because humility it brings a sense of brokenness, but in the most beautiful way because that humility means that we're broken by the truth of our condition and we recognize our chaos and our need for help, uh, admitting the absolute bankruptcy of spiritual worth, like admitting that I have nothing. This is where I'm at. And this like, I know what's got me here. And then that third part that we talked about just a minute ago is the, the willingness to do anything about it. And I think that that's, What's so terrifying and so beautiful about that first step is it takes you to all of that right there, just that honesty and that place mm-hmm. of here I am, here I am, and I have no idea what's coming next. Um, and so, just like Molly, I think it's important to think about like, where are you and what's difficult about this for you? Like, really taking apart, why can't I just, why can't I do this? Yeah. And then the second is, okay. So I'm going to do this. And what do I expect next? Because setting that expectation, I think, is really important um, for all of us just, just so that we do have goals and we do have something that we're working towards, even if today we don't know what that is. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I really think that these, these the, the beginning of these steps, but specifically first one, um, are the beginning of a lifestyle that greatly enriches us. And it, it's just that it's the beginning of a lifestyle. And so we've got to recognize these tools, these foundational steps that we're going to walk through as valuable assets to our life. And it can break generational cycles. Yeah. Man, and everything that comes with it, everything that's underneath the substance abuse and the addiction, like those cycles can be broken, but it's got to start with this. It's got to start with that again. Here I am. Now what?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Lori, is there anything that you would add or do you have any parting
1: words? There's a saying, guys, that I heard. And the saying is that the hell that I know feels safer than what I don't know. And so I just want to encourage us all when we say, well, here I am. And we know that the consequences of where we are right now will lead to absolute horror or death or destruction and it's obviously not working and so I just want to reiterate the word hope that Allie talked about hope and and if we think about well I don't know what's going to happen and I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this and so I would like to say what if that's not true or if I'm just going to end up dead or I've already destroyed my life and there's no going back or it'll never or I will never what if that's not true What if we can just acknowledge where we are in the hell that we know and know that deep down inside of us, that there's got to be something more and that there's got to be hope at the end of, at the end of all of this, and that I can just be fully alive and fully present right now, right here, knowing that that's how it was, but that's not how it's always going to be. And we hear story after story with Molly and with Allie and with multitudes of people, how they did just this very thing. So what I'm hearing is, if you're someone
0: who's in addiction of any kind, or substance abuse of any kind, that that you can you can be healed. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to do this forever. And in fact, it was never intended for this, like you weren't created to be in addiction, but you're created to commune with your father in heaven. And that can be restored. And through the blood of Jesus, it has been. And when we lay down our lives in surrender, and we just take a real good look about where we are, we can say, here I am, God, now what? And that he'll be faithful to lead us into those next steps. And I just, I just love it. So that's what I'm hearing. So thank you guys for being here. Thank you, Allie, for your expertise. Thank you, Dr. Lori, of course, with all of your CPR brain geeky stuff. We love it. So until next time. Bye. 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 Thank you guys so much for listening to our Relief from Darkness podcast. If you would like more information or are looking for more resources to help overcome the topics we've discussed here, please visit the No Boundaries International website at www.nbint.org, where we have a free e-course titled Journey of Restoration. And be sure to please leave us any comments or reviews as this will help get our content out to more listeners. We're praying for you guys, and we will see you next time.